Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Welcome listeners, it's a wonderful Friday, the beginning of a weekend, a two-day holiday break from work, at least for most. So let me be your guide into Chillaxin, and if you're working this weekend, I want to be your companion to burn through your busy weekend shift. Today I bring you two tales, both very different to each other, yet both of these tales are rituals in their own right. The first tale is Ghosts at the Crossroads by Red Nova Tyrant. Where walking the spiritual plane to seek your future has unique dangers and pitfalls, specific to the ritual itself. Heed the warning, my friends, lest your future lie in ruins. And your second tale is very, very different. Titled Bohemian Grove, tales where people of power and wealth would gather and pray to a monstrously large owl to seek, well, you'll find out. The language in this one is particularly cryptic, so pay close attention to the wording used in this story. Like I said, it's pretty different to what I normally do. Hope you like this one. Lastly, my thank you stories will be back next week. I'm almost 100%. I can now drink tea without wincing, which is a major step up. So stick with me next week and I can't wait to share more stories. Have a wonderful weekend. And if you want to reach out to me at any point, email me at storiesfablesghostlytales at gmail.com. Share a story of your own or like many other listeners, just chat to me. I love hearing from you lovelies. Mates, take it easy, and as always, till next we meet. Do you believe in fate? Well, whether you do or not, it exists, and it does seem to have a will of its own. But it also seems to be a reasonable beast, willing to flex and bend, to those who prove themselves worthy of breaking from the default path they were assigned in life. Of course, it is the best of friends with karma, and together they are merciless and cruel towards those they feel deserve it. Sometimes in life, we feel directionless, caught like a bug in water spiraling down the sink. War between nations a global pandemic, intolerant towards different people. We didn't ask for these things to happen, but the paths that be lead us there. You may be unsatisfied with your own life, frustrated or depressed with where you see it leading to, or perhaps you have no clue at all, and are just letting fate take complete control and going along with your environment because you feel you have no power over your destiny. Because you're scared, you'll make a mistake and ruin everything. Or maybe, you just don't care anymore. But it doesn't have to be this way. Find some pieces of paper, a grid or white, a black marker, some thread and a needle, and some matches. Since this ritual is dealing more with your mind's strength, and less your physical bodies. The symbol must be marked slightly differently, but it is of very simple design. A circle with a cross running through the center. 
There are two options to mark the symbol down. The first is to draw its shape on both of your eyelids, as you cannot draw on your eyelids safely, and therefore this is the closest you will get between the channel of interpretation and your mind. You may use a mirror to help with this. However, should this be too difficult, or should you be lacking eyelids, possibly after having failed a previous ritual, you must then use your own body's essence. Prick your finger with the threading needle to draw the symbol with your blood on the paper. Regardless of how you drew the blood, the ritual will now recognize you as the participant. On the paper you marked with blood, or just a separate piece of paper, if you used your eyelids, write down a goal, an objective, something you want out of life. It has to be something very true and dear to your heart. Not what outfit to wear tomorrow, or find $5 on the sidewalk someday. It has to be a destiny strong enough to sway fate into humoring you with a chance for the duration of the ritual. Once that's done, it's time to prepare the main part of the ritual. On the other side of that first paper, begin drawing squares with your black marker. If it's on white paper, the squares must be one inch by one inch, and the spaces between them should be a quarter inch wide. If you are using grid paper, each black square should be four units by four units, and the path between them one unit wide. You can do this on as many pieces of paper as you wish, but you must only connect them as minimally as possible. With thread and needle on the corners of the pages, you want to keep the paths between the squares as clear as possible. But clear tape is ill-advised should you fall into a certain pitfall during the ritual and need to end it quickly. You can do this ritual at any time of day or night, but the room must be enclosed. And no other witnesses. You'll learn why shortly. Make sure there's adequate lighting so that the white and black stands out from each other easily, and that no part of the paper is or are shrouded in darkness. You will want as much clear vision as possible. Now, an explanation. There are those who died trying to either trick fate or refuse to accept their destiny, and now their spirits wander the infinite road of time, witnessing all other living who follow their own destinies, causing their souls to suffer, either through seeing people like them trying to cheat their futures, only to fail in the end, or envying those who follow their own roads to a good and bright destiny. What you have created is a replica of the crossroads, where people's paths intertwine and affect each other, whether for better or for worse. To begin the ritual, close your eyes for 10 seconds. Breathe in and out deeply. And then stare at the first intersection of white lines you see. Stare there and wait. Soon, the intersections around the one you're staring at will begin to fill in with the ghosts of the crossroads. Do not be alarmed. They won't harm you. Yet, it's a labyrinth, and they are just as lost in there 
as they were in life. However, the longer you stay, the more they will begin to recognize your form as not one of their own. Your mind is now connected to this maze, but it is a necessary connection. One of the spots adjacent to your intersection will appear darker than the others. This is the spirit that will lead you to the future you desire, as they once wished for the same thing, or something akin to it. And watching the paths of humanity for eternity, they have learned the way to attain it. Shift your gaze to the intersection with the ghost. It's likely that the ghost will disappear, leaving a brilliant white spot instead. And the new intersection will be the darkest. Your task is to follow that darkest spot from crossroads to crossroads, until you can stare straight on at the ghost for ten whole seconds. When you are ready to end the ritual, crumple up all of the paper into one ball, then take it somewhere safe and burn it completely. Hence, using thread over tape. There are some important notes to be wary of. First, the number of squares you draw determines how long you'll have to catch the ghosts. You must end your search either successfully or unsuccessfully. Look away from the maze and destroy it before your time is up. Each square will give you 5 seconds of safety during the search, meaning each 12 squares will give you 1 minute. How many squares you choose to draw is up to you, but more crossroads means more time to chase your guide down. However, this comes at the risk of your mind becoming too involved with the puzzle, too obsessed in catching that spectre. If this happens, and the time passes you by, the ramifications will eat your mind away. Even if it's only for a few seconds, it's enough to bring on the rot. You'll be pissed that you couldn't find it, and your brain will think that if only you had a few more seconds, you would have gotten it. It will gnaw at you. Being this close to changing your future only to come up short, the black and white image will flash on the back of your eyelids unable to escape its glare, even in your sleep. You'll redraw the maze or use the old ones, and scan it again and again and again, with no chance of succeeding. You'll walk away from it time and again, only to return and try once more, knowing that this will be the one, this will be the attempt that makes it, but fate's good fortune has fled from you just like the elusive black spot on the intersection. Soon your obsession will overtake you until your form begins to wilt away from lack of self-care. Food will not satiate the hunger to catch the ghost. Drink will not quench the thirst for a better tomorrow. Your skin will stretch across your ribs and shrink wrap itself to the shape of your skull, sunken cheeks and all, but it will matter not to you. Only that black dot will fix things, and once you find it, you'll never have to worry about your future ever again. So, for that, you'll accept the supposedly temporary price of pain and madness, with a final attempt ending in your sticky, rotting skin, becoming one with a maze of your own design. Second, if you try to be clever and cheat fate, it will know. 
You cannot do this ritual in someone else's place if they are too scared to do so. It is your own will, and you must sway your own fate. Only drawing four squares to create one crossroads will not work out well for you, along with any other method of cheating. Words will begin scrawling themselves across the paper, and you will be forced to read them. These words will describe events that have either faded from your memory, or have yet to happen. Horrible, heart-wrenching descriptions of lies, betrayals, and sins that you and the people around you have done and will do. Fate will tell you of every horrific moment of your life, and it will make sure that this is the only path you will ever be able to take. Third, if anyone else tries to help you hunt the ghosts, it will become completely impossible to find. Even if you coordinate your efforts, not only can the wills of desperate people confuse the ghosts you're looking for, it will make them begin to shift far more rapidly. And if fate's feeling particularly cruel that day, expect to both be punished as shown in the last note. Fourth, if all of the roads begin to turn black, stay where you are until only the intersections show any shade. Once the roads clear, you can continue onwards. If they continue to blacken, immediately look away and destroy the maze. Don't look at the paper if you can try for its entire exterior will have turned into the shade of a starless night sky. This means that the ghosts have fully recognized your presence and want to tear your mind out and put it in the maze to replace themselves, so that they can get a second chance at living a life with a better destiny than the one that fate punished them with. And finally, if all the intersections suddenly turn as white as the one you're staring at, well then, this ritual is no longer of use to you, since all of humanity is about to meet the same fate. If you succeed in capturing your ghost though, close your eyes and focus on the image of the maze you just had, until the words you wrote on the first paper appear in your mind. You can then end the ritual. After destroying the maze, you will suddenly feel refreshed with a sense of purpose. Your goal will be clear as day and you may even have an idea or two on how to start walking the road to where you want to be. When opportunities arise that can further advance your goal, you will get a feeling in the gut that tells you the action to take. It's not easy to describe, but you'll know it when you feel it. However, sometimes you may question the actions fate makes you take you might not even appreciate the future you picked out for yourself, if this is ever the case, and fate senses your displeasure. You'll be punished for your lack of appreciation, for the sacrifices that had to be made, and one by one you'll watch the places that hold your current life together, reducing to a destiny that is most undesirable. So show some thanks, and stick to what you wanted in the first place. You've already changed your future once. There are no takebacks. Written by Red Nova Tyrant. The spell binding that has been cast upon us has been broken by that light vehicle, the Red Code. 
For there is every colour which to paint the night sky, but in a land trapped away from true life, only a shell of true darkness lies flat across the heavens with no vision of Luna's twinkling stars. They are all corrupt. They are all dominant by order of nature. They are all dominant by command of the order. They gather in great masses. They gather in far greater wealth and they are as blind as their slaves, thinking what they are here to witness will bring about the same soul of things they witnessed while they were still human. A single voice from eternities away screams in one great transcendent cry before admitting hellfire. His terror is received in this land of isolation as something to be loved, something not even to be chosen to be loved. Merely it happens, for your choices are the same here. Eternity spills into the sky from his heavenly shriek as he is admitted into this reality by the horsemen. Four in drapes, two in colours that mock the night sky, two in colours that mock the flesh of Mother Earth. A bagpipe cries. So the bagpipe cries and the worshipper is reminded of the human emotions which had not been deprived from him at such a young age. So the bagpipe cries. And the hypothetical thought of living in a world unruled crawls into the mind of the worshipper before the worshipper pushes the thought away. So the bagpipe cries, and no one understands that the beauty they witness is suffering. God's children watches over us, reduced to lifeless and insignificant effigies. Their eyes burn as suns. The sound of fluid emotion play in one perspective across the lands, yet alone to be in prefabricated barren, hollow strip perversion. The fruit of Earth's benevolence are cloaked in strips of the hollow sky. The cries of the savage guardians roar closest first. The howl is within his temple. Let all within the grove be reverent before him. There is the distorted, inflated gravestone, standing short, self-hated, intimidating, and powerful against the current of blue, polluted liquid life. The dust of the admittance of the witnesses to eternity's chronicle mix in with liquid life and desecrate the already soulless feet standing there. Creatures formed with no decision, with elements of other creatures, stand farther back and to the far left or far right, rarely coming close together. Some are made of ape, some are made of bird, some are made of reptile and some are made of insect, but rest assured they all originated of man. And you can see this clearly and immediately. No light aside from the hellfire burning nature penetrates the intense cloak of nothingness. Lift up your heads, O oh ye trees. Frogs, insects, birds, lizards, snakes, they cry in great volume and great intensity, for they do not understand the corruption and dehumanization that occurs in this gathering only its immensity and importance. And be ye lifted up, ye everlasting spires. A great non-existent figure flat against the element of reality approaches the ceremony, still with undeclared desire of escape. For behold, here is Bohemia's shrine, and holy are the pillars of this house. The bronze of manufactured importance 
is sounded and heard in a loud, lifeless whimper by all witnesses. Weaving spiders, come not here. And with a second ring, the man-beasts congregate to the center of the sand to be close. Hail, Bohemians! With the ripple of waters, the song of birds, such music as inspires the sinking soul, do we invite you into Midsummer's joy. And he continued his lines. The sky above is blue and sown with stars. The forest floor is heaped with fragrant grit. The creatures detect that their names were used in lies and deceit, and they grow worrisome, anxious, loud. The evening's cool kiss is yours. A spire of ice and apathy penetrates the mind of the worshippers. The campfires glow. The hellfires glow. The birth of rosy-fingered dawn. Shake off your sorrows of the city's dust and cast to the winds the cares of life. But memory bring back the well-loved names of gallant friends who knew and loved this grove. And so the father remembers the son he bore before he was removed of himself. Dear boon companions of long ago, I let them join us in this ritual, and not a place be empty in our midst. So the wind blew, and secluded emptiness remained without the spirits of another world. All of his battles to hold in this grey autumn of the world, or in the springtime of your heart. Attend our tale, gather ye forest folk, and cast your spell over these mortals. Touch their world blind eyes with carrion. Open their eyes to fancy. Follow the memories of yesterday. And his voice was no longer his, but of a force much greater and foreboding. And seal the gates of sorrow. Babylon, he returned to our world. It's a dream, and yet not at all a dream. Dull care in all of his works harbored it, as vanished Babylon and godly tear. So shall they also vanish. But the wilding rose blows on the broken battlement of tear, and moss rends the stones of Babylon. The fruit of earth grew steadily across Malak. For beauty is eternal, and we bow to beauty, everlasting. For lasting happiness, we turn to one alone. As she surrounds you now, great nature, refuge of the weary heart. Deceit has found its dominance. Few creatures survive. And only found her breasts that have been bruised, so has cool hands for every fevered brow, and dreadless silence for the troubled soul. Her counsels are most wise. She health well, 
having such ministries as calm and sleep. Never would his men know the wonders of escaping consciousness for a mere nightfall. Never would his men know the wonders of comprehension and breath. She is ever faithful. Other friends may fail, but seek ye her in any quiet place, smiling. She will rise and give to you her kiss. So must ye come as children. The creatures have returned, but in the form of clay, void impostors. Little children that believe don't ever doubt her beauty or her faith, nor deem her tenderness can change or die. She is fleeting. The white mark of death returned with a glowing blue shrine of untruth. The sounds of chaos and gluttony are played proudly with symbols for happiness laced and overpowered atop it. A voice emanating from no life, evident of no life, speaks to us. Bohemians and priests, the desperate call of heavy hearts is answered. Blackness does not replace. By the power of your fellowship, dull care is slain. The laughs and joys of flesh without minds echo. His body has been brought yonder to our funeral pyre, to the joyous pipings of a funeral march. Our funeral pyre awaits the corpse of care. The sounds of sincere happiness in sacrifice flow through this dome, over in the river closest to the sands, but not where any man may stand. A beast of many shapes, large and small, pointed and round, clever and dull, but all of malice intent and all-seeing powers, forms and reforms dozens of times, over in a blue mist, composed of what was once a living, feeling ocean. He appears as a sloth of confusion, as a slug of understanding, as a man of great body and no strength. An owl of slout posture and all-encompassing power, a deer of innocence, an alien of corruption, and yet through all his forms, his vessel is death. The creature swims to us and vanishes upon his awareness of sight. O thou! Thus ferried across the shadowy tide, in all the ancient majesty of death, dull care, ardent enemy of beauty, not for thee the forgiveness of the restful grave, fire shall have the will of thee. And all the winds wake merry with thy dust, bring fire. Chaos springs forward as the cries of perverted happiness bursts through our mouths. The omniscient, maleficent cry of Owl and Lucifer sing in harmony indistinguishably. He calls us fools in great shouts three times, each followed by the power of lightning. Fools! When will ye learn that me ye cannot slay? Year after year ye burn me in this grove, lifting your punny shouts of triumph to the stars. When again ye turn your faces, to the marketplace, do ye not find me waiting as of old? Fools, fools, fools to dream ye conquer care. Say, 
thou mocking spirit, it is not all a dream. We know thou waiteth for us. When this our Sylvian holiday has ended, we shall meet thee and fight thee as of old, and some of us will prevail against thee, and some thou shalt destroy. But this too we know, year after year in this happy grove, our fellowship bands thee for a space. Thine malevolence, which would pursue us here, has lost its power under these friendly trees. So shall we burn thee once again this night, and when the flames that burn thine effigy, we shall read the sign, Midsummer sets us free. Ye shall burn me once again, not with these flames, which hither ye have wrought from regions where I reign. Ye fools and priests, I spit upon your fire. The voices are in perfect harmony. The bringer of fire is the bringer of the flaming spit that crackles in the hollow night sky. Wonder bounces through the walls of this dome. O Owl, Prince of all mortal wisdom, Owl of Bohemia, we beseech thee, grant us thy counsel. A messenger of deceit and gluttony seeing the fire extinguished above the illusions of sentiment. My lock pierced to us through forces I cannot explain with these words. The joyous, empty caricatures of gods appear above Malok. O great owl of Bohemia, we thank thee for thy adoration. The caricatures reveal themselves to be imposters, and demons as one of the half-men slowly dredges back into the previous realm. Be gone, detested care, be gone. Once more we banish thee, be gone, dull care. Fire shall have its will of thee. Be gone, dull care, and all the winds make merry with thy dust. Hail, fellowship's eternal flame, once again, midsummer set us free. And as the crackles of sluggish hyenas ensue, Malok takes away light from the heavens. The white, lifeless spires of hell emerge to earth. Firstly, they burn so that the deep blue of illusion is barely visible. Then they burn from a lock, and are so bright they act as a new sun. We enter this world guided by no reality.